This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Welcome back to the Backcountry Rookies podcast. I'm your host, Chad Riker, and Backcountry Rookies was designed to prepare, inspire, and educate hunters to head west for their backcountry big game hunt. Join us as we talk to some of the most experienced hunters in the West about their tips and tricks to help you along your journey to get out West for big game hunting. We also share some of our good, bad, and ugly experiences that we've had along the way. Kick back and enjoy the show. This podcast is sponsored by Go Hunt, Elk 101's University of Elk Hunting, and Vortex Optics. Check out Go Hunt Maps for all your scouting needs. Go Hunt Maps comes free with an Insider account and offers amazing 3D maps on your desktop for e-scouting and the new mobile maps on your mobile device. Now you have all of the resources of Insider, filtering 2.0, strategy articles, draw odds, and more that you use for application season, and it's all paired with maps used for e-scouting and hunting. Insider is the all-inclusive tool for Western hunters. Use the promo code ROOKIES and get $50 in Go Hunt Gear Shop credit when you become an insider today. Elk 101's University of Elk Hunting. University of Elk Hunting provides you with immediate access to the most comprehensive and complete resource for increasing your elk hunting knowledge, confidence, and success. University of Elk Hunting now has all of those resources in the palm of your hand on a mobile app. Use the code ROOKIES and save $20 on your University of Elk Hunting membership today. Vortex Optics. Have you seen the new Razer LHT 4.5 to 22 rifle scope? If you haven't, you need to check it out. This thing is awesome. So it's a new optic that's in addition to the old Razer LHT lineup. So previously they had the 3 to 15 magnification with 42 uh, objective lens, or you could have got a 50. Um, this is a four and a half to 22 magnification with a 50 millimeter objective lens. And now it's first focal plane. So previously it was second focal plane. Now this higher magnification is first focal plane. It's, it's a really, really nice scope, man. I've had it on my seven mag for a few months now, and I've been very, very impressed with testing it and, and messing around with it. Um, so a couple of the upgrades they made to the three to 15. Obviously, the higher magnification, which increases your opportunities. Four and a half magnification is still perfect for close range work or in heavy timber or something. Uh, 22 power is amazing for those long range shots. So just super cool. Also, they put a new reticle in that scope. It's an XLR2 Christmas tree style. So it's really easy to do windage holds. And it's a lighted reticle, crystal clear. It's just a super nice scope. Make sure you check that thing out. All right, now let's jump into the show. 
Welcome back to the Backcountry Rookies podcast. So today, another really cool episode where I actually get to sit down face-to-face with the guest, and this is phenomenal. We're sitting in a super kick-ass office here (laughs) at the Outdoorsman's, and I'm sitting here with Chris Denham from Western Hunter Magazine, and um, we're going to talk about magazine articles and what it takes to write a good article. So after we had Chris on, I had a, uh, before we were talking about the film tour or Mm -hmm. the film tour, right, Right. um, that you guys are going to have, I had people asking questions about Western Hunter and the magazine and how to submit their films, which I thought we answered all of those fairly thoroughly. So if you're curious about the film tour, go back and listen to that previous episode. Um, But people were asking about the magazine. And I think people are, are usually asking the question, like, how do I write a magazine article? How do I get an article out there? How do I, basically, how do people write for the outdoor industry? You see a lot of the very similar names out there. There's always guys that are writing. And it seems like it's the same people. I would like to see new people come in mm-hmm. and new people start writing articles. Um, and there's really only one way to do that, and that's to write good quality articles. I brought Chris on here because I think he's an expert in this field he's got a whole magazine that he runs manages publishes right right so doing it a while (laughs) yeah you've been doing it a little bit and uh so let's get down to it um like i said we'll just talk about what's it take to make a good magazine article something that's actually going to hit the print and you're going to be able to pick it up or you know go to sportsman's warehouse and grab a copy of western hunter and read that article so What's it take? I mean, what is a good magazine article, Chris? What's it take to get one in there? Well, you know, basically we, we call them our feature stories or adventure stories in the magazine. That's those are those six or five to seven articles in the very beginning of the magazine. They're successful hunter stories, mm-hmm. uh, stories that are submitted by readers. So, but as far as what it takes to, to write a good one, basically, in my opinion, just about every hunt you go on, a person goes on, there is a story there. There is a story that other people would probably like to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, when you have like kill a really big animal, that's that always helps. You know, that's yeah, uh, right, right. the eye candy people are looking for. Uh, but even even if uh, even if that doesn't work, even if you're unsuccessful, there's generally a story to be told. Uh, but so, but the, the certain key elements um, is the first key element. Honestly, is is really good pictures. It's just I say really good. Just pictures, lots of them. Honestly, with today's cell phones, as much as I really prefer people use a, a, a good camera to take pictures with, if somebody went out and said, I'm going to take all of my pictures with this cell phone, um, you can actually take great pictures and, and, and do a magazine article really easily just from right, front, right out of your phone. Uh, yeah. Especially the later model phones like the the iPhone 10 and up and yeah. the, that generation that just in the last two or three years cameras have gotten so good. Yeah, uh, yeah, because you're not blowing them up to huge pictures. No. It's just four by six maybe at the right. Most, you know? and it's, it's, a, it's it's not going to land on the cover that way probably. You know if yeah. if there's a, you know if a, a cover shot generally takes more megapixels than a phone will deliver. But even then, um, I know. I know we printed at least one cover once that was a cell phone picture. Hmm. It's just the elements of it where we could work with it um, and used it. But uh, so good pictures, lots of them, you know, if, especially if your phone, if you're using your phone, you're already got that thing out, you know, checking emails and text and stuff all mm-hmm. the time and looking on Instagram if you got service out there. So or you're looking at your GPS. If you don't have service, you're pulling the phone in and out. So take pictures. 
take pictures of setting up camp, take pictures of cooking breakfast, take pictures of packing in, you know, climbing a mountain, pictures of you glassing, uh, live animal shots. I mean, digiscoping, you know, to be able to spice in some, you know, some, uh, you know, if you see, you know, a bear or a mountain lion or something like that, that can add to the story, you know, having that, being able to document that is really cool, especially because what photos do is they, you know, what's a, a picture speaks a thousand words. Isn't that the something like something that, like that? Yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, so one picture, an article might be 1800 words, but if there's six pictures. There's, you know, you're telling 6,000 words mm-hmm. with those pictures. You know, you're just, you're able to bring the reader much more into the flow of the story and, and understand who you are as a person and what you were really up against. Photos just do that better than the written word. Yeah. Because quite frankly, none of us are Hemingway's, you know, I'm, Ernest Hemingway didn't have a bunch of pictures in his book. He didn't really need them, you right. know, because right. it was, it, he wrote so eloquently that he wasn't constrained to, you know, 1800 to 2200 words. Right. Uh, the one thing that believe it or not is probably the least critical is great English writing skills. If, if we can fix anything, I've got a team of four or five of us that work on stories. Uh, as long as the elements are there of a good story. And when I say the elements of a good story, it's basically beginning, middle and end, mm-hmm. you know, what happened. Uh, so that, that diary concept, but to even take it to the next step of that diary concept, working into what you were feeling, you know, that's the one thing I think people miss is how they were feeling during the hunt. Mm-hmm. I mean, just saying, I was exhausted, you know, is a lot more powerful than we climbed a mountain, right, you know, just right. adding, just be, be able to bring readers into how you were feeling at the time. Um, and then I think if you can add a picture to show that right. too, you know, talking about a pack out or something right. about how just beat down you are after the pack out and yep. six miles later. And then you have that picture of the guy hanging over his truck bed with the antlers sticking up. I think that shows yeah, that's worth a thousand words, right? Exactly. Just that picture. So. Yeah, that one picture we call it the bent over Nate. It's yeah. a picture of Nate bent over with the elk rack on yeah, his back. Right, that's right. that's we've used in our logo, and uh, it was on the cover of the, of the magazine once. And uh, yeah, it was just a powerful photo. It just showed. It said Nate, Nate could say I was tired a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted. He could write that, but that picture just spoke it. Yeah. I mean, it screamed it. Yeah. Um, so, as far as again the the English part. Don't stress out about periods and capitalizations and commas. We'll fix all of that stuff. But uh, just tell the story how it happened and bring some emotion into it. You know, introduce characters. If there's more than one person in camp, you know, say, Fred, my buddy, we've been buddies since we were in junior high. You know, this is our 14th hunt together. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, all of a sudden that's just, just tells readers that, hey, you guys are tight. You know, you guys have been doing yeah. this together a long time. Yeah. Not just my friend Joe was with me. Right. You know, don't just leave it there hanging. Just why the hell was Joe with yeah, you? Yeah, what did he do? What for did he deserve to be there? You know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. So it's and it's fun. You know, it's it really. I, I say it's fun at the end because I've been doing this for twenty years, and still, every time I sit down to write an article, uh, there was G- Kurt Vonnegut, uh, author of Moby Dick. I think Vonnegut wrote Moby Dick. He said when he writes. He, there's a quote when he said, when I start to write, I feel like a man with no arms and no legs and a crayon on my mouth. <laughs> so if Kurt Vonnegut feels that way, sure. it's all right for us to feel that way. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just something you have to understand that that's part of the process. It's just this feeling of, uh, you know, kind of a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah. And again, I've been doing it for 20 years and I still feel that way. 
Um, just got to start. Yeah. And that's uh, the total, somewhat off topic, but I do that. I think it's important to start with an outline on anything it, that uh, you have. Yep, right? Absolutely. And I don't write magazine articles. Um, I, although I'm going to try this year, I'm going to try to knock a couple out, but for podcasts, usually today I, I didn't really do this, but normally I'll have a whole outline mm -hmm. topics, ways we're going to discuss things, almost like an interview plan basically right. on how to do it. And I, I think when you're writing an article, Maybe that's the guy with the crayon in his mouth. At right. first, it's that outline. Maybe you don't exactly know how you're going to get to the kill shot, but if you start jotting down the things that happened along that hunt and along the trail from packing the truck up and heading west or whatever all the way to grip and grin or even the pack out, you know, then, yep. gosh, now you have so many different elements that you can build off of. So, yeah, that note-taking process for uh, my outlines, I rarely – it's not the, like the traditional one that we learned in school where it's, you know, subcategories and yeah, Roman right. numeral one and large a and small one and all that stuff. I just write down in my introduction. What, do, what is it? I is like six, seven words of what I want that introduction to kind of say. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I just start filling in what, you know, a different, like each paragraph, what do I, what do I want to talk about in this paragraph that could get, and then gets people to the conclusion. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, the old saying is, is tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them and tell them what you told them. You know, it's kind of, you know, that's what a story is. Yeah, so. sure. Yeah. Sure. Do you create that outline over the course of a hunt? I, you might be a little bit different because you guys are filming and you've right. got all kinds of probably storyboards and stuff going with it, but would it be beneficial to do that? Absolutely. I, Keeping notes in the field. Sure. If, if more people kept, and there's diaries out there, there's, and, and I'm terrible about this. I'm serious. You know, I'm, I am the worst case scenario for everything we're talking about right now. I'm terrible. <laughs> Whatever about Chris it. says, do the opposite. Yeah. Don't do no, it. Not I, really. But do what I say, not what I do. There you go. Uh, because I'm, I'm terrible about keeping notes while we're hunting. Nate and I have both talked about how we need to get better about the, uh, you know, jotting things down so that when we write our voiceovers 11 months later for that show, mm -hmm. what, what can we tell the viewer that they didn't see, you know, what are some of the right. things we we're right. feeling, you know, and, and generally that's what they can't quite see is, is what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyways, so yeah, keeping notes while you're hunting uh, is, is a great way because again, what you're doing is preserving the hunt. Sure. You know, there's lots of different ways to preserve a hunt, but a written story is, is priceless. Right. Right. And it's a good way to keep track of that unit and what's going on in that unit and mm -hmm. what's the animal behavior. Yep. If you've got a pen and paper in your hand and you're already doing these things, why not actually do hunting notes too about, right. about the, like I said, animal behavior and everything else. So it kind of gives you a reason to have that pen and paper out and yes. to, be, to be making those notes. Uh, what else you got? What else would be important when it comes to writing an article or, or submitting to a magazine? Honestly, I, I think one of the most important things is get motivated. Mm -hmm. You know, why would somebody want to take, go to the effort of writing an article? And as I think, like we were talking a little bit off air, that people kind of getting their, they're getting their itch scratched a little bit too much by social media. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, you see a picture in a, in a caption of a hunt and, Man, does that really tell you the whole hunt? Does it really even no. does it can't even can't even scratch the surface of what really happened? Mm -hmm. But uh, but I think you know. But all of a sudden, five hundred people hit the like button, and you feel good about that. But man, did you did you really get to tell your whole story? Yeah. So, uh, and then seeing something in print, um, like you know, I work in a company of a bunch of millennials. I mean, everybody here's 
half my age, most of them. Yeah. Uh, more than half of them aren't married yet or not, you know, or just dating them. Every time somebody gets married, which happens about every eight months around here, it seems like somebody's getting married or having a baby. Yeah. There's certain events in your life, you know, that you, you think this isn't going to change me, but it is. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And, and seeing your article and your story in print, uh, every single person that does it for the first time, it's that same thing. He's got, man, I didn't, I didn't realize how cool it was going to be to get that magazine in the mail and open it up and see my story there, mm-hmm. you know, and how, how proud I was of that and have, you know, all my friends and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, send me 12 copies. Can I get 12 copies? Yeah, I was going to say, I bet that's a quick way to sell a oh, yeah. hundred oh, ep- or issues because people. <laughs> if are, I had an article in Western Hunter, I guarantee I'd have a closet full of them and I'd hand them out to everybody that came to the house. Absolutely. Because yeah. there's a sense of pride of, you know, you've seen it laid out. And I think that's one thing I take a lot of pride in and our team takes a lot of pride in is that we do a really good job of making sure you look good, mm-hmm. uh, that the story's laid out nicely, that the colors, you know, your face isn't going to be red. You know, like I look in so many different magazines, and I'm like, man, did anybody actually check the colors on this shot? Cause, yeah, right. You know, right. the sky's white and the face is red, you know, and so the sky's supposed to be blue and it's supposed to be, a, you know, some form of brown, not yeah. red. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so we, we go to great lengths to make sure that it looks beautiful. Um, so... And we take a lot of pride in that. So, so that when you get your, you see your article in print, you just look at it and go, wow, that looks great. Yeah. That looks great. And it reads good and uh, something you can hang on to for a long time. Yeah, for sure. The other thing is we, with everybody who writes feature stories, we send a gift packet out. Um, it's, it, it constantly varies as, as different sponsors come in and out, but there's always a Benchmade knife in there. Mm-hmm. Like, like a Benchmade knife right now, we've got... Uh, Latham Sun footbeds. We've got game bags, uh, uh, DVDs, a uh, bunch of copies of the magazine for you. Um, what else we got in there right now? Uh, usually like pyro putty. It's a, it's usually like four hundred dollars worth of stuff, um, which is a, it's pretty cool when people yeah, get that. They're like, cool. oh yeah, that's like Christmas and whatever month they do it in. <laughs> yeah, right. What about do you, so? Do people submit articles to multiple places or should they be, maybe I should frame that a little different, whatever. Do, do you think in order to get a mag, an article published, they should be submitting to one magazine and focusing on that magazine or blanket the market and say, here's what I got? Yeah, it's it's a constant struggle and frustration. And uh, for us, it, it is for Eastman's, I know, for Hunt and Fool, for Epic, all of us that are in this business that you know somebody sends a story out to four different publications mm-hmm. and if they tell me they did that it better be something special or otherwise i'm just going to put it on the side yeah because then i got to contact you know i got to trust them that they're going to contact each of those magazines and say that you know and tell them look western hunter's going to print this um so please don't meanwhile half so many times it's and we've done at least a half dozen times where guys have said well oh yeah i forgot i sent that to eastman's did you really forget? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I don't even think you forgot. Yeah. Like you just wanted to, you know, they just wanted to see if they could get it published two places. Sure. But it's just not fair to the readers. That's why we do it. It's not a competitive thing. Um, and I'm sure if you talk to the guys at all the other magazines, they would probably say the exact same thing. It's not fair to the reader to see a story in Western Hunter and then buy a subscription to, to Eastman's and see the same story. Right. You know, it's like, that's just not fair. There's lots of stories. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would recommend is, is start with your favorite magazine, whatever your favorite publication is, and one you want to see it in print. Start there and see if it's something that fits into their editorial schedule and calendar, yeah. and uh, and 
and if, if we, we try to let people know right away, I mean, we'll look at a story and we know pretty much right away that we're going to be able to use this. Then there's times where they can go, man, you got a good story, but we literally have six dull sheep stories in our, in our, sure. in the yeah. calendar right now. And you can only do so many dull sheep, you know, if kill a big meal deer, there's no short, you can always, there's never, we don't get ever get enough big meal deer, big elk stories, but species like moose, antelope, uh, uh, sheep, um, ones that are more once in a lifetime, mm-hmm. then that's kind of the way we rank the stories too. Like we'll always have one of those in every issue, but we won't have six dull sheep stories, yeah, you know, right. not even in a year, even if we publish six magazines, we'll probably do two or three, mostly because they're awesome stories. Yeah, always. They're always awesome. They're always, right. they're always great. Yeah, it's yeah. great adventure all the time. And I'm always looking hoping that somebody writes a dull sheep story that they give you give me something extra here, you know, that mm-hmm. makes somebody want to read this, yeah, even though they may never go dull sheep hunting ever, but they want to read this story. Right. So. Um, man, I just had a question, too, that was in my head. Give me one second. How about timing? Is timing important? Like, so you mentioned dull sheep, right? Mm-hmm. That's happening about now. Right. We're, we're, well, in August, September, people are starting to go to Alaska and do that. If they submit a story to you in February, um, does that hinder that article at all? Or is it, would you rather see that article as soon as they get back? As soon as they get back. Yeah. Cause that's when you usually write the best one and, and we'll plan things out and we'd, you know, if we got a story in February, who knows, we may not use it till September, October, but great to have that. Um, we do like this next issue we're working on right now. Um, it's the September, October issue. It'll be out in the middle of August where we purposely went heavy on elk because mm-hmm. it's kind of that sure, time of year. It's that time of year. Yeah. yeah. Our editorial content, elk, uh, Remy Warren wrote is about calling elk. He wrote an article about elk hunting. So I would say probably 30% of the total content will be dedicated just to elk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, that's the only thing that's super seasonal, really. Even mule deer hunting, you know, between velvet hunting in August to rut hunting in January in yeah, Arizona. Right. You, you got know, six months six, where you can yeah, hunt uh, mule yeah. deer. Now, is the elk stuff that you guys are pushing out in September, October, I guess that would be mostly from last year. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So you do have a little bit of time after your hunt. To, oh, absolutely. To try to get it prepared. You don't need to yeah. have an article ready to go as soon as you walk out of the mountain and then submit. But I do find find that the ones that people write as soon as they get done are usually really good because yeah. they're writing with a little bit of emotion. Right. Um, and then I say that like uh, Ben Gorman's wrote, wrote one for us. It's going to be the cover of this one, and I think the bully killed it in 2019. Um, but in his story, you could tell there's just a lot of wisdom of hindsight that mm-hmm. what he wrote the story from. That I I'm super excited for people to read it because I think there was a case where writing it two years later, it was probably better because it's just more kind of hindsight you know more reflection more reflection yeah Yeah. so is there a shelf life on stories do you think is there a time when you can they're run out really or is it more not that the stories run out but there's just that many more stacking up on top of them that are fresher yeah that's that's has a lot to do with it for sure and we do take a look and make sure that something's not uh um been pushed out too hard, you mm-hmm. know, through social media. I mean, if everybody's already seen this bull, this bull and heard the story, yeah, you know, it's like, and, and you see those those stories. But uh, like Jason H wrote one for me, and it was on the cover of the last issue. It had been out there a long time, and it, it, that big big monster buck he killed yeah, on the Wasatch Front, stud, yeah. yeah. 
But the way he told the story was he told you the whole story. It wasn't just the Instagram story, you right. know, redone, you know, so, so it made a lot of sense still. Yeah. And that's, there's a lot to that. I, we, I think, well, we touched on it once already recording, but there's so much more to that magazine article to me than there is to the, just that hashtag. I'm a hunter right. Instagram post. And, yeah. And I, whatever, I always look forward to every new issue that comes out because I'm ready to read those good quality articles, but. Um, so the, I wanted to go back to pictures cause I do mm -hmm. pictures are absolutely important. And I've heard this many times before where you have a great article, it's written well, your English teacher from high school would have been so proud of you because it was written so well, but all you have is a grip and grin. Right. Um, you mentioned it about some of those supporting pictures. Mm -hmm. If you had a bear encounter and you get a picture of that bear, the bear might not be the focus of the story, but is it still important to include Oh yeah, that picture. Yeah, of just a, it's yeah. not really B roll type stuff, but it's supporting. I yeah, think. exactly. If you mentioned this, you had some kind of conflict with a bear in the article, and you have a picture of it. Mm -hmm. Man, that just it just puts it's it's an uh, icing on the cake there. Yeah, uh, and this is where forethought. You know, again, it, it, most people don't plan on and. I think we talked about this before we turn on the mic, so or the recorder. So well, stop. If we, me if, if we, we hit it twice, then it's yeah. super important, and yeah. you should remember so, it. Yeah, because <laughs> I think most people don't even think about the idea of writing a story until they've pulled the trigger on a big animal and they're mm -hmm. standing there, like, "Oh man, this thing is huge!" And meanwhile, and then they take you know a hundred picture grip yeah. and grin pictures, and that's what we get. You know, it's all they got is grip and grins, right. which we can usually make that work. Uh, but uh, planning on writing a story. Uh, from the very beginning, say, mm -hmm. oh, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on this hunt with the intention of writing a story. Um, then, you know, and, and then, so you're, that's where the, that you get in that mental space where you're thinking, okay, I got to get these supporting photos. I got to get us, you know, hiking out, leaving the trailhead, maybe a picture of all your gear laid out at home, making gear selections, you mm -hmm. know, and what went into that process. And, uh, you know, and then the, the hike in the hike out, um, you know, all those elements you're, you're inspired to take those. Mm -hmm. So you, cause that, they're all important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think they are. And when you look through the magazine, you can tell that you guys have chosen those wisely for to support the article. Mm -hmm. When you get, when somebody submits, do they submit, let's say 15, 20, 30 pictures along with that article. And then you guys choose through it. Yes. Okay. That's or, what we like to have is, okay. is send us as many as you got. Um, you know, if you shot the same picture 14 times, you don't need to send them all, but pick two or three of them at least and give us the option. Yeah. Uh, for to, the colors. For the colors and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And because we do, we have a submit button uh, mm -hmm. on our website and it creates a link and you can download images there. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times we'll have folks that'll say, hey, you know, I killed this this animal would you be interested in the story when we look at a couple photos and email them right back say heck yeah it sounds like you know i think you need to put it write it let's mm -hmm. do this and uh but yeah you can communicate with us anytime through the website yeah that con that contact us submit button somebody's looking at that every single day mm -hmm. so you will get a response yeah. right in the middle of hunting season sometimes it might take a little while but it might be a couple of days but it won't be more than a couple of days wow okay so it's a very quick response yeah then. that's good so Western Hunter Magazine, what's the website again? Uh, WesternHunter.net. 
westernhunter.net. Mm-hmm. Okay, so people want to submit articles. Personally, I want to see a lot of people start submitting articles because I don't think that magazine, it, magazines are where it's at for me. Right. That's where I like to see stuff. I don't know if some people still feel that way or if it's if Instagram I wish Instagram wasn't out there as, as heavy as it is because there's just no depth to any of those. I wish Instagram was there, but you can only post once a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you, right, you had to yeah. be, you had to really think about what you're posting, yeah. you know, besides what you had for dinner last night. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So, well, I, th- what else you got? Well, what else you got? Anything? Uh, I'm trying to think of what else we could add to that. Um, again, don't worry too much about the, the English skills. We'll, we'll fix that. We actually had a, we've got a, it's kind of a funny story, but a guy doesn't have a computer, mm-hmm. uh, apparently, or it's broken or something. He, he literally wrote, hand wrote an article and took pictures, this, took pictures of the handwritten part with his phone yeah. and sent those to us. Wow. And, and then, uh, my graphic designer's daughter's going to just pull up the pictures and then transpose it, transpose it or sure. whatever that word is. Yeah, she's yeah. going to, she's going to type it up. She's going to, she's going to put it in word processor processor for us. Wow. So whatever it takes, you got a good story. We'll figure out how to get it in print yeah. and make you look good while you're doing it. Man, that's cool. So a few years ago when we did our, um, hunting story giveaway type stuff, I had a guy that submitted that way too. And I yeah. thought, man, there's some determination when you, and this was like a six page, you know, story that he had told and he hand wrote that whole thing. And yeah. I thought, man, I wish that could, could be a winner. You know, it yeah. just, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but, um, so what about, does it have to be a successful hunt? I think you mentioned mm-hmm. it in the beginning, but if obviously success, there's a mo- way more depth to that story if it isn't a successful hunt, what elements need to be in there? Yeah, it's it's funny because we, with the TV show, anybody that watches, you'll see that at least once a year we air a show where we don't we don't kill anything. Sometimes twice, um, and the same rules apply to what art when we make the decision to actually use that that hunt. Something interesting still has to happen. You mm-hmm. know, what did, what 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 interesting thing happened during the hunt? What did you learn from that? You know, there it's going to be more, uh, maybe not just as much of a, uh, obviously it's not a successful hunter story, but a true adventure story. Uh, I think uh, there's just a ton of merit. And people love our episodes when we don't kill something. So mm-hmm. there's no reason to leave me to believe that people wouldn't read a hunting article where somebody kills something, but they tell a really good story. Right. And what did they learn from that? Uh, so that's usually passing on uh, information or you know again some crazy adventure you know sure. you you had everything going and you know and all of a sudden a grizzly bear charged out and killed your elk you know <laughs> you know that's a pretty cool story yeah you know? right, right i'm sure it's happened to somebody out there mentorship i think would be a big one in, right. in that instance where you mm-hmm. maybe you had the opportunity but just through you know maybe that person wasn't experienced experienced enough to make that happen or, right or however there's always good things i to me there's always a story within if you go out in the mountains, there's something is going to happen that right. is worth telling a story. Might not be make the cover of the magazine. It may not be in that top five to seven that get published. But man, there's always a story. That to me, the, the mountains are just interesting in themselves. So when it's so true, it's like uh, the other thing I think is if you're thinking about maybe writing a story and you look back and getting kill something, but if you're in that space where you're thinking about it, you are uh, 
processing everything that happens to you all day. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about what's going on here, what's what's good, what's bad. You know, you just you're in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, for more of a kind of like a Zen thing, because you're you're like, okay, I I think I really feel like guys would actually finish a hunt and say, man, you know what, I really enjoyed that hunt and appreciate the opportunity, even though I didn't kill thing more because I was constantly thinking about how would I tell this story? You know, it, it's, I don't know if I'm getting, if it's a little philosophical, but I think it's, it's so true because one thing for sure is hunting opportunities are not getting uh, more abundant. Yeah, right. It's getting tougher. Yeah. Um, so appreciating the ones you do have on a deeper level is more important than ever because you're not going to, not going to make it up with volume. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, a couple of hunts. Yeah. Tangent question for you. Uh-huh. Um, on what you said there, right, is appreciating the hunts and we don't have as many opportunities. Would you rather have one tag in your pocket and be able to focus your atten- all of your hunting season and attention on that one tag, tell the story, write an incredible story because that's the only thing you focused on, or would you rather have eight different tags in five different states and be on the go all season? Which one that's to you? A, it's a good question Yeah, it, because th- – I would say I would probably say I would rather have more tags. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I just like because I I love seeing new places and going doing different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this conversation with Randy Omer, as mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure most of your listeners do. Uh, Randy's a friend of mine, um, and this probably goes back fifteen more than fifteen years ago. I remember he and I were going to Mexico hunting coos deer, and and we were talking about success, and I said. Because at that time, Randy was killing a huge mule deer and a huge elk every single year. Mm-hmm. Not just average. I'm talking absolute, you know, world class. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, what do I got to do to do that? And he said, you got to hunt less. Hunt said, less. Mean, huh? hunt less. He goes, yeah, you're, just, you're bouncing all over the place doing all kinds of stuff. He goes, I have two tags a year. And I put all of my energy all summer long into focusing on those two hunts. Yeah. And... All of, you know, scouting time, uh, everything is dedicated to those two hunts. You know, one in August and one in September. That's it. You know, the other 10 months of the year is dedicated to being ready for those two. Wow. And, you know, after 30 years, Randy has, you know, killed literally dozens of bucks over 200 inches and dozens of bulls mm-hmm. over 370, you know, and because yeah. he focused really intensely on those. That's that, but that's his mindset. That's what he loves to do. I'm a little more, you know, I, all over I the place, I'm just I all over the place. Yeah. 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 Well, you guys, you're, you might be a little bit different in that because you're recording the show and you know, you got a lot going on. You need that content. You, right. you need all the different hunts to do it. But even if, even before we were doing this, that's the way I hunted. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd be like, you Oh could. yeah, let's just go. Oh, we'll go archery cooster hunt this weekend. Let's mm-hmm. just go do this, you know? And, and, uh, and again, Randy, I, I talked him into going to Mexico and I had to talk him into it. It's January. I yeah. mean, why wouldn't you just go to Mexico if yeah, you have right, the right. opportunity, you know? And he's like, yeah, but it's 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 taken away. It's taken away from his concentration for being ready for August and September. Wow. So that's pretty. That's focused, right there. That's laser focus. Yeah. That's yeah. we're talking seven months away, yeah. you know, and you can't spare a week to go down to Mexico. But you know, again, I you're you're absolutely correct though with the TV show. We're gonna go do a bunch of hunts. We got to create thirteen episodes, so we're gonna we're going to be on multiple hunts every year for sure. But if, uh, you know, if you're in state and you say, Hey, I've got an archery cooster tag for sure. You know, everybody's got one of those if you want it. Yeah. Um, and you know, you have, you know, you're probably going to have a javelina tag. 
Yeah. Just focus on them. Yeah. Figure them out. For yeah. Arizona. Dedicate. Yeah, for Arizona. Yeah. yeah, for Arizona. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll have my coos and javelina tag for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting to go pick them up in January. Yeah. Yeah, but – yeah, that's a question I like to ask. And for, I think for whatever reason, I think this year that question weighed on me a little bit more because I had multiple opportunities. And I even re, I sent a Colorado elk tag back and got my refund on it because I just wanted to really focus on a mule deer hunt that I have. Right. And um, I don't know. I could have went up there and I could have spent that extra week hunting elk and, you know, chasing them around, which would have been super awesome. But my mindset was – Go down and scout your unit, carry a rifle with you. There's bears down there. You know, it gives me right. that much more opportunity to try to find a good buck down there. Yeah, we generally send and back. And it's a hell of a lot cheaper because it's in state versus out of state. Absolutely. Tags, so. Yeah. We'll even send back one or two tags a year, it seems like. Yeah. Um, this year, I'll probably, I, I drew a combo elk tag in Montana, but I have no, uh, I'm not going to hunt elk probably. Uh, just not going to make the time because just too, schedule's just a little too tight. Probably send that one back. And Nate's always doing that too, looking at it going, you know what? I could do both of these hunts on the calendar. I could do both of these hunts. But personally, he knows that if he can dedicate to this one, it's going to be, and it's going to, we're going to end up with a better TV show and he's probably going to have a more quality hunt. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're still doing that, just not quite on the level that Randy does it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, okay, sorry. That was like I said, that was a tangent question, yeah. but it was on the top of my mind at the time. Let's go back to the magazine. Uh -huh. um, you guys also do gear articles, mm -hmm. and there's not just the feature articles, right? So, what else is included in that magazine, and do you take outside articles for that, or do you guys do all your gear reviews in house, and do you have people that you kind of in it, gear gear reviews are pretty much all done in house? Zach mm -hmm. Bohe is our gear editor, and Zach writes a bunch. I write a bunch. Some you know all of our we have an editorial staff. Mm -hmm. You know editors, field editors. Uh, uh, you know Remy Warren, Fred Eichler, Colton Bagnoli, George Betis, um, and uh, and Zach, and you know Nate. Always trying to get Nate to write a little bit more. Uh, and they're writing stories, uh, editorial stories, mostly tactics and information. Because mm -hmm. our sub, our our subtitle is gear, tactic, information, and adventure. Mm -hmm. So gear, tactics, and information. You know, we we're, we're touching on all of those in every uh, in every in every issue of the magazine. But that's generally done in house. But if somebody has some really cool idea about uh, tactics, mm -hmm. uh, the thing that they're reading Western Hunter magazine, and they're like. Why the heck? These guys never talk about this. These guys don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. Man, ping me. Let me know. I'm always looking for somebody. Like I had a guy write an article about not not gridding. You know, about everybody wants to grid when when we're using tripods and uh -huh. binoculars. Uh -huh. And he wrote an article about why not to do that. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally interested. Yeah, and we've been preaching it the other way. Different you know, perspective. Different perspective. Yeah. And uh, so I'm I'm always open to uh, something, some really good good information, good tactics. Uh, or or gear something that we just missed on and plus we're not the experts on everything yeah and i do like to write we have gear um we'll do what i call them just gear highlights where it's uh we're just kind of telling you about this product this product hey this is pretty cool and new looks looks cool but then a true gear review where it's been used right you know for a substantial amount of time to the point where you could really talk about the pros and cons and and speak to it intelligently. I'm always looking for more of that because mm -hmm. we can't use everything. You know, we can't, oh, yeah. we can't test everything out there. Yeah. There's way too much. And right. now it seems like there's so many products coming out that are just geared specifically for one thing, you know, one or two things. True. 
So it's hard to – I'm sure it's hard. Five or six guys can't do it all, like yeah. you said. Um, I think – I mean, we could probably sh- close it up there. Unless yeah, you got think, anything else. And I can't think of anything else we need to cover. Um, I would say my parting thought for it is probably the best – if you want to submit articles, the best way to do it is buy Western Hunter Magazine and read the articles that are in there. And that will give you an idea of formatting and – storytelling and pictures and you know kind of what you need for that um of course i say western hunter because that's that's the magazine that i read but there's other ways out there too i just think that that's a good way to like if you've never written an article before and you want to sit down and try to write one maybe you'll be successful maybe you swing and you miss on it right but if you've read 10 or 12 articles or 100 articles ahead of time you might have a better idea of formatting absolutely one other thing i need we should mention is People always, I, we get uh, frequent, we call it a frequently asked question is, okay, what is the trophy standard that mm-hmm. we look for? You know, how big does a bull need to be to be featured in Western Hunter Magazine? Or how big is a buck got to be? And honestly, in our, for us, there is no, there is no standard. Most of the other magazines out there, they really do focus heavily on the trophy side. Mm-hmm. Uh, we focus, we want to see a really good story with great pictures that is going to be, int- uh, you know, an interesting read. Mm-hmm. What, and people always, I've, I've had gotten this asked a bunch of times. Why don't you guys ever write stories about, you know, feature stories about people that go on cow hunts? Because that's the majority of elk hunters are hunting mm-hmm. cows. Well, the answer to that is because nobody actually writes them and sends them to us. Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. no. That's yeah, hard to feature that's it the if, only, it's, if it's not being written. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a cow, a cow elk hunt could be an awesome story. Mm-hmm. But guys just don't write that. You know, right. so there is no, there is no standard. So please people understand there a really good story is a really good story. And I don't care if it's a, you know, a spike, if somebody's first deer and it was a spike or, uh, or if it was a cow, whatever, it's mm-hmm. just, again, most people don't pull the camera out and don't write the story until they kill something epic. You yeah. Know? That's what, that's my buddy, Dan. So he, his first ever elk hunt really had no clue what he was doing. Zero clue. All right. Um, shot a spike bull, if I remember right, is what he told me. And at that point, the bull's on the ground, and he really had no idea what to even do with it. Right. So he went back to his truck, drove around to some campsites, trying to get somebody to help him. Nobody would help him. He ended up getting the bull, and I, I can't remember how he did it. I thought he said he drug it, but that or that seems like it was way too much weight to pull. Either way, he gets it in the back of his truck and takes it to town until he finally finds somebody that will help him break the animal down. Oh, and to me, I think that's a hilarious oh, yeah. story. It's, it's a, a great, great, story. great story. And uh, I'd love to see him. T- he's told it on the podcast before, but I need to tell him to write it up because yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that happens. It's, there's, there's a lot of great stories out there that yeah. don't involve uh, – a tape measure. Yeah, you know, don't involve that 400-inch bull or 350 bull right. or whatever. But <laughs> some of these stuff like that are hanging on here. the wall. Yeah. Jeez, this is cool. So, well, where do people find you? And we'll wrap it up there, I think, and how do people – you talked about how to submit, but let's cover all that stuff again. Right. So, yeah, uh, you go to our website. There's a submit, you know, a submit story button, or you can use the contact us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes – somebody's looking at that every single day. My email address is chris at westernhunter.net. You honestly, you're more than welcome to email me at any time too. Uh, given the time of year, I generally, even when, I, even during hunt season, I rarely let emails go two or three days without returning them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're more than welcome to to contact me. But this the submit button is the is the best way, the most efficient way to do it because um, now we've got a record of it. Mm-hmm. Then it creates a task in our system, so we make sure it's taken care of. 
because I'm like, I'm like, the, I might be the worst. Somebody will email me in the middle of a hunt and I say, Hey man, that sounds great. Uh, and then two weeks later, I'm like, I totally forgot to follow up on it. You know, I yeah, just got too yeah. many things going through my feeble brain. And, yeah. and, uh, so the, the website's the best way to do that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Westernhunter.net. Yep. Is there, is there frequently asked questions on there too, or is that? You know, I'd have to go look. We just yeah. launched a brand new website for, okay. for that. It, it, I mean, literally like two weeks ago, we launched a brand new website. So there's a lot of things I'm sitting here thinking when you say that. I'm like, hmm. Well, you mentioned a frequently asked question earlier. Right. And I didn't know if that was something that was outlined on the yeah. website. I might have to, I'll have to look into that because that I'm sure we do. Yeah. Um, I know Randy Stalkup's got some information. Or you in probably there. at least get enough of them. That you, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. We know what they are. Exactly. Yeah, right. Well, we'll wrap it up there uh, for all of the listeners. Check out Western Hunter Magazine. Um, you can, gosh, I pick up. Well, now I'm a subscriber, but I think I used to buy it at Sportsman's Warehouse. There's, yeah, Sportsman's there's Warehouse carries places. it, and Bass yeah. Pro. I think Bass Pro still carries it, and you, and you can generally find them at lots of the gas stations and mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble. I'll carry it. Walmart um, carries it too, but. Just subscribe. Yeah. We'll put it in your mailbox. Yeah. That's we'll the best send way to, to do it. Is... For a third of the price of buying it on the newsstand. Yeah. So. And that's always exciting. You open yeah. up. Usually the mail day sucks when you go to the post office and you open it up and there's bills and stuff yeah. in there. It's always a good day when you get your new magazine Absolutely. and you get to go read it. So. Absolutely. Cool, Chris. Well, thank you very much for taking okay. the time. Thanks for, for letting me hang out here in the office, too. Absolutely. This is, this, it's always better doing a face-to-face podcast, for sure. I think. And especially when there's big bulls all over the place <laughs> and deer. Yeah. So, right on. Well, thank you very much. Right, we'll wrap thank it up you, there. Thank you for listening to the Backcountry Rookies podcast. Don't forget to look us up on social media. We are Backcountry Rookies on all the spots. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and we also have the Backcountry Rookies Nation, which is a private group on Facebook. So thanks to Go Hunt, Elk 101, Vortex Optics, and Canyon Coolers for sponsoring the show. Remember, when you use the code ROOKIES, you get special deals at all of those companies. You get $50 in gear shop credit when you become a Go Hunt Insider. You save 20 bucks on the University of Elk Hunting from Elk 101. 20% off any Vortex apparel. And now you can save 10% off Canyon Coolers. Just use the code ROOKIES at any of those places and get special deals. Thanks for listening. Come back next week. Out of here.